Welcome to Changing the Sales Game on webtalkradio.com. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. You know that I'm happy that you're joining us today. Now, as you listen to the show, my guests and I, we get, right, that word sales. Ah, We either love it or we hate it. It seems to be this love-hate relationship. Well, to help you navigate changing your sales game and whatever that means to you, in the show notes, you'll see I have a link to my communication style assessment. You guys know, as it relates to sales, communication, kind of an important skill to develop. So in the show notes, you take that little assessment, you'll get two reports. One spotlights your natural superpowers. Important to know, lean into, we always want to build on strength. The second report is your blind spots. Typically, the people who communicate 180 degrees differently than us. For me, that is the more important report to kind of dial into because we want to know how our messages are received by those that communicate opposite of us, which is happening about eight out of 10 times that you're speaking with clients or potential clients. So again, links in the show notes, my gift to you. Now, my motivational quote, just to set the tone and get our brains in the vibe of the conversation with my guest um, is by Brian Cornell. And Brian says, technology is going to disrupt the future of work, perhaps sooner than we thought. We're exploring everything from AI to VR, but we see no substitute to our, for our stores and our employees. We focus on building talent and personal service. You know, I know since starting my career in the 80s, I'm dating myself, right? I've learned to go from that analog tracking to this digital perspective over time. Now, things for me seem to change really quickly. And yet at the same time, I think AI has become so mainstream between chat, GBT, Salesforce, if you use some, some other CRM system. Um, email automation. I know I use that in my business. And there's just so much more of this AI is out there. Now, the question I get asked uh, frequently from my sales teams at the organizations I work with is, you know, is my personalized service going to become obsolete because AI is so readily available? And I, I do think that's a good question. And I have my opinions on it. But of course, I have a guest where we're going to explore that topic today. And my guest is Ryan Staley. Ryan is the founder and CEO of Whale Boss, where he helps technology founders grow from 1 million to 30 million through the principles he uses to achieve the same results in his personal business. Now, Ryan has taught over 800 C- CROs, VPs, or leaders, his proprietary entrepreneur, can't talk today, kids, his proprietary enterprise sales framework for companies. And he's worked with companies like Google, Amazon, web services, Stripe, Salesforce, Uber, and just so many more. So please help me welcome Ryan to the show and to share his zone of genius with us today. So Ryan, thanks for being on. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Connie. Looking forward to it. This will be a lot of fun. So this is this is a really um, important topic, and I I do I get asked that a lot. Are we going to become obsolete? Are our jo- jobs are they going to be lost because of this whole whole I whole AI thing? So tell me first, how has the integration of AI impacted? And and I guess we could start with your sales process or sales overall, whatever perspective you want to come at. Yeah, so I think like what happened is I had a moment that I think was both like insightful and scary at the same time, like, like bone crushingly scary. And and so what happened, this was about 12 months ago. So I have a podcast too called the scale up show where I interview tech founders, right. And CEOs. And, And 
One of the founders was named Chris Savage was on from Wistia, about a $50 million video SaaS company. He introduced me to Dolly. And then I tried it with my 10-year-old daughter at the time. And we basically leveraged it. We're like, okay, this is kind of cool. You type words in, it creates pictures, right? Um, and then shortly thereafter, since I tried that, I was on like, a, I think it was like a beta list for ChatGPT. And so once ChatGPT got released, uh, a lot of people were trying it, you know, kind of testing to see like, is this is this any good or, or what's the deal, right? And so I did the same thing and tested it on basically acumen that took me 10 years to really effectively learn and just thousands, almost probably 10,000 hours of basic customer meetings that I was involved in. And I asked it that question and it got close to 95% of the way accurate on the first time. All right. So once that happened, I was like, I had kind of like, okay, like I I even talked to my wife about, I'm like, this is like scary, like how crazy this is, how good it is. Right. So that's like the, the downside, I guess, of the fear that I had initially. And then from there, I shifted and I'm like, okay, what's the opportunity? And then how can I serve the sales community in terms of unlocking this, right? Because like we could either ignore it and get run over by it or run towards it and run with it. And, and I, I wanted to take the, uh, the, you know, the former, or I should say the, the latter, not the former, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And yeah, because you are going to get run over, right? I remember I started when everything, we didn't have computers. That's how old I am, Ryan. <laughs> we didn't have computers. We didn't even have Outlook or any type of digital um, calendar. So I had the old Pendaflex January through December and then the one through 31. And I would write on index cards and then refile them for when I had to do my follow-up. So even 40 years ago, right, that that business acumen of following up and staying connected to your customers hasn't changed. How we can execute that has been streamlined a little bit. So Mm -hmm. I like that idea of this AI is out there Go with the anticipation of it ain't going away, but how can I position it and use it within my organization or when I use or I I train other people, um, right, in in the sales world, how to embrace it versus getting run over by it. So I really do like that. So now let's, let's go a little broader. How does the AI change the landscape of the sales industry now that you've really been deep embedded for the past 12 months on this topic? Yeah, it's it's uh, mind blowing in terms of what's possible. And there's there are like I know you, you kind of kick things off of like, hey, are we our jobs going to get automated? And I think the bottom third of sales jobs literally, there's a strong chance they're going to get automated, right? Sure. And it's because like if you even look at the natural tendencies of like the buyers, it's close to seventy two percent of them don't want to have a human interaction with some of the sales process they have. Factor that in top of two. You know, people are getting more comfortable with digital experiences and the digital experiences are going to get better and better, more customized and unique to them. And so if you, the way I kind of look at it is based on dollar value of what the person's investing. Uh, Now that's not the end all be all, but you know, so where I'm seeing the opportunity initially, because there's less complexity, less people involved, less handholding that happens is on that lower end of the, the contract value, if you will. So that's where I would be very, very cautious and look at upskilling yourself instantly if you're in there. Uh, in terms of the opportunities of what I see, like I put it, I, I came up with an acronym, just teams, right? And these are like five key areas that I see that you can instantly execute AI into what you're doing. And it's not necessarily applicable only to sales, but any kind of job. So it's time, execution, acumen, money, and skills. So anything that hits those five areas 
it, you can look to leverage AI to either automate something, assist you with it, or help you become superhuman. In it. And that's kind of the way I look at it when I'm like factoring through it. And we can go deeper on those if you want as well. Yeah, I love that acumen, by the way, because every one of those, we are, as a salesperson, as a business owner, as a leader of an organization, of a sales team, doesn't matter, right? Like you said, it applies to any job. And it's so funny. Um, I'm, I work uh, mostly with banks and credit unions, my finance background, right? That's kind of where I grew up. And I tell, you know, the teller level, like, guys, get cross. If they say they want to cross train you, you have to take your career in your own hands. You have to be responsible. So when they start cross training you, your answer is sure. Count me in. Yeah. What do you need me to do? Because those low level positions, if we could like they have what's called a Tim, it's just a transaction machine, like an ATM, but it's inside the branch. So they have one of those and now they eliminate a teller. But if opening accounts or coming in asking about complex financial situations. You can't get answers from an AI on that or through through a Tim machine, right? That that really is just about the transaction. So sales is more about building relationships, those transactions. So like you said, those bottom third positions are more transactional. We don't need a human component because it is what it is. You buy it, you go, you know, you're off to the races and you use it. So I do like that teams and I like how you broke that out that we're not really obsolete because we still, the human factor, we do still bring something to the table, um, especially if people are spending a heck of a lot more money. We want some immediate feedback and and conversation around it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And and like to kind of take it one step further with, and this aligns exactly with what you're talking about in terms of, of cross-training is like, have you seen the AI, I'm sorry, the Amazon AI skills report? Did you ever see that at all? I had a chance to look at it. Most people have not seen it. No. Okay. So here's a way to give yourself an instant 43% raise if you're in sales or marketing. Like literally this was, this study was taken and done over close to 1400 people, 1400 companies, I should say. And then another 3,200 people within those companies. So they looked at both the employer and the employee perspective. Well, the number one skill, I should say the top two skills, the first one that employers were looking for to have AI enabled skills was development, like software engineering, coding, IT orientated, right? The number two was sales and marketing. Okay. And they basically said that they will pay people 43% more if they have AI skills in sales and marketing than someone that does not. Okay. To go along with what you're talking about, taking control of your own destiny. And that's the way I, I look at it too, is I'm like, you have an opportunity to become superhuman and basically take control of an uncertain time that's happening and basically bring that certainty to yourself. And so um, the way that, that you could do it is basically by taking advantage and really truly understanding of how to integrate and become AI proficient. There's free tools out there. There's there, I should say there's free courses. Like I give a lot of content out for free almost like daily on LinkedIn on how to do it. And you could up level yourself really fast to the point that you will be so valuable that no one will want to replace you. People will look at you as the leader in your organization, not just from a sales and revenue perspective, but because of your thought leadership and it can completely change the game for everything. You know, it's funny. I hired a, a writing coach. You know, I've had a business coach and, and multiple coaches through the years. And then I tease because I say to people who are coaches, if you don't have a coach, I wouldn't hire you because we all have blind spots. So you can't oh, yeah. know everything. Right. 
So that's just a big joke. But, but anyway, so I hired this writing coach and it's, it's all about finding your voice, right. And being grammatically correct and all that, but he's more about the thought leadership piece. So we, we talk about chat GBT, chat Mm -hmm. GBT absolutely has its place. And I remember when it first came out, Ryan, my, uh, we were having dinner one night and I learned about it. I played with it, right. I downloaded it, the whole thing. And at dinner, I said, my kids are in their twenties. And I said, have you guys heard of the chat GBT? I swear to God, it was like the forks dropped and they looked at me and they go, how do you know about chat GBT? I go, um, oh, many layers to your mom here. Right. But because I have to stay relevant and here's what I found, because obviously I'm an expert 40 years in sales. Uh, 22 years in business. I, I guess I'm considered an expert, right? At least in the, at least in those two realms, everything else I don't know anything about. But anyway, as, as, as you build that expertise, chat GBT is good as a start point for me. Like if I'm blocked or what should I write about or what should this article be? Or I want to do a video and you know, it's like writer's block. You get, ah, I don't know what to do next. So if I go into chat GBT, it's a good springboard for me. But if I let it write the article, it loses value because I have nuances through that, just like you have nuances with your expertise that mm. really can be lost. So finding your voice using this AI, I think was is equally as important. And that's why that Amazon report that you mentioned is fascinating because you have to understand AI and you have to know how to use it and leverage it, but you also have to have your expertise and kind of have them play and overlay together. So that's brilliant. That makes so much sense to me. Um, and that was a very relevant um, uh, report because it took a pretty big population into account. So that's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I don't know, there's, there's so many different ways you could use it. Like, that's why that's why I love about it. And I, but I think that's what paralyzes people at the same time. So like you could use it for like a tactical example, like for example, you're meeting with a big prospect or a big customer. And you, I mean, like if you're doing your job the right way, you will do research on who you're meeting with the background on the company, what's important to them, press releases, blogs, company logos, verticals, they focus on all those kind of areas. Right. You would hope. Yeah, you would hope, right? So to do that effectively, like even if you you're you're calling on a bigger company, you're looking at annual reports or 10Ks, right? That's that's more sophisticated, right? But like even if you're doing like a very simple version of it, it'll, it could take like 20 minutes, right? Of of like researching and finding out you understand it. You type in the right prompt, that could take less than two minutes. Okay. So if you do that, you know, you have four meetings a week, you basically just saved, you know, an hour and a half, right? And so like that's where it comes from a time saving. So some of the stuff that that I've shown people, it eliminates 10 and 20 hours a week of work on like stupid mindless stuff and it gives you a better result. That's one example. If you're looking at it from a sales leader's perspective, right? Or a revenue leader's perspective. One of the things that I did is I, it was really interesting. I was on my way to like Turks and Caicos and it might sound like a humble brag, um, <laughs> but it was an awesome vacation that we had. And we always wanted to go there. And it was funny. I was on the plane and we had internet access like before we landed. And I was like, I got 20 minutes. The kids got their headphones on. My wife's doing the same thing. I'm like, let me just see if I could do this. I'm like, so basically what I did is I created a whole basically sales organization in 20 minutes um, through using it. And I did it through like chain of thought. So what I did is I'm like, all right, this is the outcome I want. This is the team I would have. This is the deal size we had. And this is how long it takes. And so what I did is I developed a comp plan, a management operating system, basically KPIs to evaluate them on, a tech stack for less than $1,200 that 
that basically they gave to me for only $250, which is pretty cool, and a job description to hire. And I did all that in less than 20 minutes. And it, you know, it's not perfect. There's a couple of iterations I had to go back and forth with it on, but like that, that's what's possible as well from like a strategic deep work perspective. So that's why it gets me so excited. And you know, what's funny, right? As you were saying that I have so many leaders and, and I'll talk my peers, I think more than this younger generation coming through, but my peers, we really do get stuck in our ways and that's very dangerous. And I would hear people say, oh, it's just easier for me to do it. And I think, but if, but if you could delegate that to someone else, right? Now you're free to go do more business development or you're free um, to train your people to get them promoted, whatever, whatever it is for that leader per, per personally, or have more free time to do something philanthropic with the organization behind you, right? Whatever that is, but they get stuck with, well, I have to do it. And there, you just said it. There's so many things, like you sat in 20 minutes thinking, ah, they don't need me. I'm on a plane. I can't do anything else other than maybe go to the bathroom, right? Other than that, I'm sitting here. Let me try to see the capacity of what I can create in that 20 minutes. And then yes, because you're brilliant, you have to go back and do those reiterations. It's not going to come out perfect, but that, see, that's where the human component comes in that you knew where the edits or changes or reiteration need to come from. But I think it's dangerous because we're afraid. And you said it before, it becomes overwhelming. It's too much for me to tackle. Do something simple like you did in 20 minutes on the plane going, "Ah, what can I create? And then go through and see what's what's possible. And I think, and that's that you just have to jump in, right? Dip the toe. Otherwise you're never going to use it. And then that delegation using AI or whatever it might be, we get bogged down that it's very hard for us to move forward. And you said it at the onset of the show, we're going to get run over. And that to me is is even more dangerous because if we don't remain relevant, you're going to become, it's going to be glaring how obsolete you've become, especially as like that survey showed 43%, they're they're willing to pay 43% more because of that AI plus the human component of those sales acumen, right? Understanding how to have a conversation after you vet the potential client out. All that could be done through the AI. So I, I think it's it's just brilliant. It's an exciting time to be alive. And and it's funny too, because at my age, I'm a little scared <laughs> because I don't want to become obsolete. I, I think I still have a lot. I bring to the table. So I have to remain relevant and take control of that. So that's why I love doing the show and meeting people like you, because I learn every day, every week from talking to younger people like you who are just, you're, you're in it, man. You're, you're in the game and you're changing it for the better, in my opinion. Oh, well, thank you. And yeah, podcasts are amazing for that. Like very uh, amazing just to deconstruct what people know, because everybody's got different strengths and weaknesses and absolutely. You know, like- and and on that topic, you you'll find this entertaining. So like, there's some things that I'm good at and great at and amazing at, and there's some things that I suck at, right? Or <laughs> have zero competency at. So like, one of the things that was an unlock for me is like, you know, I run my own business. I'm I'm the CEO. I have a small team, and so I have, I have to do a lot of different things, right? So my background is not in copy or writing right? Like I now can execute that at a very high level because of AI, right? I had zero skills in graphic design or video development. I can now do those as well, right? So like there's all these areas where I did not have the skill capability at the current time, or if I wanted it, it would take, you know, days and days of work to do it that wasn't necessary. And now that's like a huge unlock that you have. Cause like, I mean, if you could talk, like I, I taught my 
11 year old daughter now, like in 15 minutes and my son, like how to use it, you know? So if you could type sentences and, and you could, you know, think, <laughs> which is everybody, right. Um, except for babies, like you could learn how to use AI. And, and that's one of the beautiful things about it right now, specifically yeah. with the large language models. And that's what I'm talking about. These are the free tools. This isn't, this isn't the stuff you have to pay, you know, $2,000 a month or $200 a month. Like literally everything that I'm talking about, you could do on the free version of either ChatGPT, Claude or Bard, right? Now there's different strengths and weaknesses for each model, uh, which is very important to consider. But um, that's something that you could really, really leverage very simply across any of the models. And, and that's what's eye-opening about it. So, And, and here's the thing. It, it's here to stay because I know Amazon, you know, I'm, I, I don't know if you saw I'm an Amazon bestseller. You know, I published uh, a few books and they're now asking, was, did ChatGBT help you write this? And then they go back and they look for um, copyright infringement. Mm-hmm. So now it's become like a thing in these big organizations for publishing because people are plagiarizing. They think, well, I got it on chat. G- well, where do you think chat GBT is getting its information, right? It's the huge web and it's pulling this content together. It's again, a resource of information, not that you use it for everything. And I like how you said you have to be thinking and let's hope we're humans that that's one of our advantages that we do have the capacity to think how let's, let's shift a little bit now. How mm-hmm. does AI or how have you seen AI contribute and shape maybe the sales interaction? Now we're with the client, right? So we've kind of done our research. We have our copy and marketing. How is it affecting that? Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways you could leverage it. So like, for example, you could use it in strategic nature. Like, so if you want to develop a, let's say you have a, a current customer and you want to grow revenue in that customer, right? Over a period of six months, you could say, hey, give me, give me, walk me through a plan of how exactly to grow revenue with this existing customer. This is what I provide them. This is what they do. You can even give links to the website so it knows the exact context. Give me, you know, a month-by-month plan over the next six months so that I could grow revenue by 75%. And it'll map out like a week-by-week strategy for you in terms of how to execute that. Um, so that's one example. You could also do it from the relationship side. So you know, while we're on the fact of existing customers, a lot of times what folks run into are their decision maker leaving or their coach leaving, right? You could say, all right, you know, design a relationship strategy with me to connect and become a trusted resource, but then not only to be that good, but for that person to be a reference and then eventually refer me to other people. Walk me through exactly what I need to do step-by-step uh, over this amount of time frame to make that happen. And, you know, basically convert them prior to the contract expiring. You know, like that's another example. Uh, another one let's talk about for like earlier in the sales cycle, let's say first first appointment for a prospect. You know, what you could do is you've got the research, you know who you're meeting with, you know the company. Um, you could mirror up like what that company's offering is all the way down to their beliefs and their their press releases and what's important to them along with your company and what you're doing and have a whole question sheet that's designed in advance of the meeting that's specific custom for that exact situation and what you sell uh, within you know a minute or two. So, and it'll be highly, highly accurate and it's got some good stuff in there. And I know you mentioned personality assessment at the beginning too, right? So what you could also integrate in there and is, is like, okay, based on this personality assessment, um, I want you to, like, let's say you're dealing mostly with chief revenue officers, right? 
most of the time they have a high profile of, of if we're talking disc of a high D or high I, high D combo, right? Because yep. they're hard charging. So you could say, make sure this communication style aligns with that disc profile that they are most likely to have based on that job. And, you know, frame the questions, the position and everything orientated towards that. So it's customized communication as well. So those are a couple of examples. Unbelievable. <laughs> so it's so, oh my God. So here's the thing. Everything you described, I can tell you, I do not use those systems, but I totally see the value because I, um, I guess I do that just organically again, 40 years doing this, right? So I'm doing what the chat. So here's what I'm trying to say. And I'm, I'm stuttering a little bit here and I don't mean to it. it you just blew my mind with that because everything that you just said is so critical to, and I don't care what your sales process is, but all three of those examples are relevant to a sales process, right? So we have to internalize that. The thing that I love about that, if you have newer salespeople who they're just starting their um, journey in sales, all of those pieces of the puzzle, having that communication, because a business owner, their DIs or IDs in the DISC model, right? So how do I approach that DI, especially if I'm an S, how do I approach that mm-hmm. D? I don't, I don't know because my brain isn't wired like a D, but that chat GBT or who, whatever the, the AI resources can articulate that to you without having you be emotionally charged. Here's the thing. And I, and I, I think this is brilliant. I also have a cautionary tale. Yeah, yeah. If I'm an S, right. And I'm talking to a D learn from how that messaging is being sent to you through whatever the AI is. And I'm going to tell you, Ryan, I know because I train humans, right, on on DISC and, and other models out there, but they're, oh, I, I would never say that, okay? How would you say it, but use the chat GBT or whatever the AI is as a template so you get the point across the way the D or the I needs to receive that messaging, mm-hmm. even though you would never say it that way, doesn't matter. That's how the person's going to receive your message, just like I said, the blind spot in my communication model. If I'm talking to somebody who's 180 degrees different than me and Mm -hmm. I have some tools or some knowledge about modifying my style so my message lands for them, why aren't you using it? So here's another example of modification using the chat GBT, communicating with a DI or an ID. Love it. Love it. Love it. That is so remarkable um, from a usage standpoint. And man, easy to do. Yeah. 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 And here's the thing, like most people in most organizations, most leaders have been so focused on integrating AI into their product. They haven't spent the time to do it to integrate AI into their people, right? And so like with companies that I was just talking to someone about this today at lunch, um, a a company I'm going to potentially work with, I don't know, billion dollars in revenue. And I work with a lot of startups too, but, but effectively like they didn't have a, like what I call a prop matrix or an AI workflow, not even AI workflow, but like an AI center of excellence internally for their organization. So if you spread this across multiple companies, people might be doing pieces of this, Mm. but they're not collecting the best practices and then innovating on top of each other. And that's where Mm. I see like a huge, huge opportunity because like basically what I found with this is so transformative, different people use it in so many different ways. Yeah. But, you know, I think we we're going to become superhuman together if you're in an org or a company, when you start to innovate on top of each other and then 
track that and see what works because it'll create new ideas within those ideas, if that makes sense. Is that part of your program that you help the organization kind of embrace the AI, again, whatever's appropriate for the organization, but that they bring that in and then you help them with that scalability of the AI and that innovation, right? Because you're using it one way. If I go, you know, I tried it this way and you're like, I could do that too. All of a sudden we're exponentially um, leveraging. And in this case, the, the AI resource. So, and here's the other thing. Some are free, but if you, if you have more complex things to do and you have to pay for a resource, don't you want to maximize the output of that, whatever that money is that you're paying? Don't you want to maximize the return on that potential cost or investment of time and money? So I, I love that. Do you help organizations do that kind of putting it together? Yeah. So what I do is like, I have like a membership site that provides a prompt library to sales folks called my sales AI accelerator. And so I have that so that people could like self-learn and there's a community element to it and everything like that. So that's, that's what I do. And then also for companies I work with privately, it's more of a custom approach, like custom organizational approach where I'll work with the leader. We'll, we'll basically customize, you know, kind of the core sales function specific to their business and then set that up for them, help train and develop the team on how to execute it. Because it's, it's like, it's the good thing about it. And you mentioned this earlier is just like, change, right? Like changing and and doing something different than you've done. So the whole idea is to start getting people to do it in very small, simple ways. Mm -hmm. And then they start to see the results, get excited. And then you don't even need to encourage them to use it. They're using it so much that they just, you know, it's, it's like an automatic, you know, muscle movement that they have. Right. And so, yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, um, you know, when banking, there's this one product out there. I happen to love it. It's um, it's called Gen Gold. Doesn't matter. It's a savings resource. So example is if I'm traveling, I could call their concierge service and they'll book the flight, they'll book the hotel, they'll book the car for me all through this 800. I could do it online too, but I I don't have time for that. So I call um, and they'll save you 10, 20, 30 percent as if you were doing it on your own going in because they have more resources through the AI that they use on the back end. Well, anyway, they usually the banks or credit unions give this particular um, product, I guess, or service available to their employees for free. And it's like four bucks a month for their client. Right. So when I tell you it's a cost effective to me, it's a no brainer. Every client in my organization would have it because you can save hundreds of thousands of dollars on the back end, especially if you travel and other things. Most employees, they go, we don't use it. Why not? Oh, I don't, it's confusing. So this is, it's the same, it's the same thing. It's an AI resource. And well, how could I sell it if I can't even embrace and use it and save thousands of dollars in my own personal life? How am I going to articulate and sell and, and use it with potential clients? But it's the same thing here. If you're a salesperson and you're dealing with a company where you know chat, even you're not getting paid for it, but you know that you, let's say Ryan could be a great resource, something I uncovered during my client conversation conversation, why wouldn't you enhance that relationship, right? By bringing in the AI usage of you, how you use it personally, or someone like Ryan, right? Bringing you into the fold with my clients. It becomes a no-brainer because we can grow exponentially together, reinforce the validity of what we each, our own zones of genius, right? In your case, the AI, my my case, the sales. Um, It it blows my mind. It just blows my mind how I don't understand it, so I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be an ostrich right now and bury my head, right? Bury my head. Well, so... I, I love that you said the zone of genius, right? Cause like, 
if you are, so there's two things I want to hit on. So the zone of genius thing that you mentioned, I think is, is so true, right? From the upper limit. Is that which like from that or Einstein time, it's also called, right? So, yep. so with that, like if one of the, the things that sucks about being a sales person or a sales leader, that's also cool is that you have to do so many different things. So you have a lot of variety. But typically what I've seen in my entire career is that nobody's good at all 22 different things. There's nope. probably 22 or 24 different disparate skills you need to be good at. Yep. They're usually only good at like four or five of them. So if you could basically delegate those other 18 to AI instead of doing that, that's going to create and unlock your zone of a creative genius, if you will. Right. Yeah. But also it's going to, it's going to enable you from a decision fatigue. Like you're, you're going to eliminate that because you're doing so many different tasks. So that's one thing. Um, and then, you know, the other thing, and I'm trying to think where I was going with this. I had, I had something very soft. What was the other one? Oh, I hate it when I lose my chain of thought. So <laughs> You're down weight, brother. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, what was the other one? The other one was so good. Okay. Well, keep, let's keep talking. And I'm sure I'll probably come to it or whatever. Cause it's, it's. You, uh, you were saying that the zone of genius, but that we have so many moving parts every day right? And the fatigue of making decisions every day, that if we could start incorporating that AI, number one, I think I think we could create, and I don't know if this is what you were going to say, but just based on what you said, I think we can almost simplify our to-do list almost, where if I, and I say this to my clients all the time, if we could systematize the questions you ask. So again, I'll use banks. They're coming in for a checking account. There's certain questions you have to ask for a checking account. There's no it right if they come in for a loan there's questions you have to ask you don't have to reinvent the wheel so if we could create those questions under checking or under and we systematize it it, it you don't even have to think about it anymore you've just streamlined your process and you're going to become more and the more you use it right more becomes a habit you don't have to look up the questions it's just in your head because you know what's coming next right you increase your zone of genius which is i think part of where you were going i think we can become more efficient Efficient, make more calls, see more clients, make more money. But we can if we're bogged down with all the systems crap that we're doing because we're not embracing the AI or the automation that's available, right? Well, yeah, and I remember what I was going to say. So see? you, you going help me out. So here's the like, and here's like one belief to like break, if you will. If you're like, I don't have time to learn how to do it, or you know, I'm so used to doing it this way. So like, and I'll say this like, so in my membership like literally there's a success path and if you do it it takes two hours in total to do it right maybe another two hours of practice so if you just decide hey i'm going to invest four hours one hour a week over the next month what that will do is that will give you back 10 to 20 hours a week you know perpetually right so like is that four hours worth the investment of 40 hours or 80 hours a month Right. Yes. And so like, so like I encourage you, you don't need to use my stuff or whatever, but like, if you just take that time, you're welcome to use my stuff, right? I have nothing against it. Um, but, <laughs> but, but if you don't, you just to take that time and you will get it back 10 X and like, you can't like, that's one thing that's more valuable than money. Like, you know, once your time is up, your time's up, right? You, you can't put another quarter in the machine. You can't put you know, extended credits for what you're doing. Right. And so this will give you that time back and it could be for your family. It could be like what you're talking about to do more work in the same amount of time. It could be to travel. It could be for you just to enjoy life more. Right. So 
there's many other things that you could use with this. And, and that's what I encourage you. Cause like the biggest times that I struggled in my career were either when it, when it was with income uncertainty or like really, really big uncertainty, kind of like what's happening now, or when it's like, I was working so much that yeah. I was disconnected from my personal relationships. Yeah. And yeah. so that's what I would just, this real critical point I wanted to hit on. And, and it's here <laughs> and it's, a lot of these platforms are free. There's really no excuse other than, oh, I don't do it that way. To me, that's not. And when my clients say that, I go, that's not an acceptable excuse. You're afraid. <laughs> you're nervous. You're not sure where to start. I buy that. But it's just the way we do it. That's it. That to me is ignorance and that you're not going to make more money. And the other thing you said that's really important. I do believe in working less and making more. But you have to get to a certain level before you can dictate whatever that higher amount of money is, or you're working less to make that same because of you're putting these efficiencies into place. We're playing the long game, right? Changing the sales game is all about playing the long game. And if you don't choose, and it's always a choice, Ryan, choose to make a difference or choose a different path or choose to learn something new and you don't commit to it, right? We have no one to blame but ourselves. And it's funny, you know, 2024 just, just coming out, right? If you're listening in the future, we're talking in 2024, January of 2024. Um, but I've committed to myself that every morning I'm like reading Think and Grow Rich again. And there's some other books, like just books from like a hundred years ago that are still so darn relevant, yeah. but you forget and we get into our bad habits. And so this year, my commitment every morning is to read a half hour. So think about that. That's great. 30 minutes every morning, I blocked out my schedule to, to invest in my brain. Um, so what is that? Two and a half hours a week. What is that going to help me on the back end of something I forgot or enhancing or systematizing or whatever it is, but we have to spend, and I agree with you that one hour, four times, right? That four hours, and that could give you back 40 or 80 hours. Wow. No brainer. That to me is a tangible number, a realistic number based on what you're saying. So we're out of time, but Ryan, th this has been just brilliant. Um, I'd Thanks. love to have you on again, because I really think that this is going to be the future, especially in sales, because you can't, at the end of the day, you need to make more calls. <laughs> yeah. And those calls need to be efficient and you need to be locked and loaded. So your close ratio is 80%. All of that doesn't change. But if you can make one or two extra phone calls or extra meetings a week because you freed up 20 hours somewhere else, think about the potential of revenue. And now if you're an organization and you have a hundred sales reps, if every sales rep can make two extra meetings with an 80% close ratio, right? The, my teaching part of it. Um, if you can walk away with that, how many millions is that at the end of the year for your organization? This is what we're talking about. You're leaving money on the table because you're unsure of that next step. So Ryan is a great resource in my opinion. So his website is ryanstaley.io. It's not dot com. It's IO. I put it in the show notes. If you have a question directly for Ryan, it's Ryan at whale selling system.com. And the free gift is the membership. I'll put it in the, um, in the show notes, Ryan, but tell everybody they get free stuff too. Yeah. And so like one of the biggest barriers I saw to folks adopting this is like understanding what's possible, having like basics on how to use it. And so I had that membership site, which is like 97 bucks a month. It's totally economical. But if you just trial it, I give a free trial for 15 days, you get access to nine free AI resources, like cheat sheets, cheat codes, um, training, all that. And cool. 
just so you can kind of see it. So yeah, that's that's in there as well. If you just click on the link and try it out, then you can see what we're talking about. And you have a 15 day free trial. So if here's the thing, if you're thinking about AI and you're a little nervous, and I have to admit, I was nervous in the beginning thinking, oh my God, like, how am I going to learn this? How am I going to do this? Am I too old? Right. All that inner dialogue, we all have it. I'm sure people listening are thinking the same thing. Do the 15 day free trial, see the AI resources that Ryan's provided. It might be, ah, that's it. And so do this. And then it becomes a, a usable resource uh, for you. So Ryan, I, I really hope people check you out um, because I think you're, and here's the other thing. I think you're a nice guy on top of it. And I like to work with nice people because there's enough jerks out there. I don't need them in my life. Thank you very much. So you're just, you're cool. I think you're smart. You're young. So you're, you're, um, inquisitive, which I think is wonderful because you're going to do a lot of the legwork for somebody like me. I don't want to do the research. I don't want to go figure it out, figure it out. Tell me what to do. That's how I roll. So I think a lot of people that listen to me are the same way. Well, if he figured it out, I can learn from that. I could fast, fast track my results. Um, that's really the point of the show. I like to bring people like you to the platform so that if somebody's in need of your services, then I know that you're the real deal. And that, and that's why I would love to have you on the show again, because I, I, and we might have to do a quarterly show again, I'm putting him on the spot, everybody. I didn't ask him beforehand. It's Connie on a roll, but I, I, I think that this is such, and it's changing so rapidly, Ryan, that I think that if we did a quarterly show, I think it would help my listeners for sure. Um, but I think it will help you because you'll, you're going to keep pushing the envelope rate right, of learning. So I love it. I just, I think you're brilliant. Thank you so much for coming yeah, on sharing awesome. your love, zone of genius. Love your, love your energy. Love, uh, you know, what you're doing and yeah, let's, let's talk about it after the show. Like I'm, you got it. I'm it's funny. Cause like, it's, it's really starting to come to a head. I'm doing so many speaking engagements on this right now. Cause like people are really interested in it. And oh. like, I just, I, I just hope I just want, I, I don't want people to get blindsided. Right. And so that's why I'm like talking about as much as possible and, and just really want to help people, you know, yeah. um, cause it's a unique opportunity. It's like one of the biggest opportunities in mankind that's happening faster. We've had eight years of innovation in four months. So, yes. um, I don't want you to be too busy trying to make your number that you miss this. <laughs> Absolutely. Cause you can make your number a heck of a lot easier. And that I think is the, um, what we should embrace this year, right? Everybody picks a word, but I think the innovation is critical this year because we're at a pinnacle now with and like you said, we had eight years of innovation in four months, and that is ramping up, man. Um, we need to get on this bus because it's it it's like a bolt going to leave the uh, train station. And if we're not on, we really are going to be left behind. And, and And I think this is where my job becomes obsolete. No, you become obsolete. We can maintain or, or keep our jobs to be relevant by us remaining relevant. So, right. It's, you got to take responsibility, um, in your career, your, your company, whatever it is, um, you know, that you're working for. And at the end of the day, really, it's about our families, right? We work for our families. Like you were saying to take trips and stuff like that. Um, Ryan, thank you again. We'll talk more. Um, just everybody, please, please listen to the show again. Join, join that membership. Do the 15 day guaranteed. You'll probably stick with it. Um, don't not, don't allow this to be a blind spot. There's no reason for it. You have a resource here that's so easy and tangible. Uh, please use it. And here's the other thing, Ryan. I, I always end the show is you've learned some valuable information. 
easily implement implementable, right? Mm -hmm. If information is a beautiful thing, but if we do nothing with it, it's simply information that's stored in our brain. As soon as we take it and execute or put it into motion, like joining the, the membership as an example, or go checking out your website, emailing you, whatever that action is, it creates so much reaction on the back end that that's where the change occurs, right? And we can make it easier on ourselves, but it, you have to take that first little step. And yeah. I, I think that's the hardest one, right? Is taking that little step. So I hope we've given people something to chew on. And again, those resources links will be in the show notes. Uh, check it out and go and play with Ryan and report back. I'd love to hear uh, your results. Yeah. Let me know as well. Right. Um, yeah. Thanks for all the kind of words, Connie. appreciate it. It was a lot of fun being on your show. Oh, you're brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, great show. Um, thanks for tuning in to Changing the Sales Game with me, your host, Connie Whitman on webtalkradio.com. You know that I am really, really, truly honored to have you on this journey of changing your sales game and really start playing that long game about relationships and leaving the transactions behind. And I hope between my guests and I, we provide those resources that we need to go into the next, not even just the next year, but this next decade of business. So I am honored. I love you all. And I truly um, embrace that you listen to the show every week. So I'll see you all next week. Have a great one. Do one thing differently. And trust me, magic happens on the back end. I love you all. Have a great one. See you next time. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow.